Okay, welcome everybody. I am here with Marie Girard of uh, IBM, and we're going to be talking in anticipation of Omnichannel X's first Omnichannel conference coming up next year. She's going to be our first video podcast interviewee, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So the conference, as you know, hopefully is uh, end of January, beginning of February next year, and this is one of our um, assets we'll be posting in anticipation to to contribute to the community, which is growing nicely, and, uh, and we welcome you. So um, my, I am Nazar Bina, I am Program Director for Omnichannel X, and Founder and Principal of Urbina Consulting, one of the companies who's uh, behind organizing OmniX. And I have got with me Marie Girard. Do you want to give yourself a little introduction of your background um, uh, that leads you to be talking about Omnichannel, Marie? Hi, um, thanks Nas for uh, hosting me on this first podcast. Um, so I, right now I manage customer experience for um, a software line of products at, um, at IBM. And previously my background is in technical communication and information architecture. And over the years I uh, realized how um, information architecture can be a very strategic choice and that it wasn't only about documentation. So it sort of moved into content strategy, uh, which meant aligning uh, with other teams that were producing content. And so that led me to um, omnichannel experience uh, where, you know, it's a content experience across all of the parts of the organization. Excellent. Okay, it's a similar to my background, and Rockley, Scott Abel, Rahel Bailey, yeah. many of the many of the content strategists who now work in omnichannel uh, in, in various departments did have a background in technical communications. Um, that's always been a little. It was originally a source of shame, and for me, but now is a is becoming a source <laughs> of, of great pride. Um, uh, and um, you've been doing so. You're doing omnichannel. Can you give some examples of some of the kind of channels? and format that the content you work out goes uh, goes out on? So we have, if I take it, uh, if I follow a, a typical customer journey, we have um, a marketing website um, and the social media that goes with it, the social media channels. Then there's a marketplace, um, a developer community, mm -hmm. forums and, and various interactions. Um, then, um, basically software uh, as a service user interfaces that have text in them, mm -hmm. um, supporting documentation and online help, um, technical support knowledge bases, and what else is there? Oh, training material as well to support that. And so your work bridges across all of those? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. That's exactly the kind of story that uh, that we're looking for at on Channel X, and we're seeing more and more organizations who want to be able to connect those dots and, and tell a coherent story across them, um, as well as, of course, the basics like <laughs> don't contradict yourself, don't go off yeah. brand, <laughs> consistent formatting, and so on. So uh, my first like kind of formal question of, of, of the interview is, uh, do you feel it's becoming urgent for brands to consider content strategy in the context of omnichannel experience? And, and if so, why? Um, so I would say it's becoming urgent, yes, um, because of the proliferation of channels mm -hmm. um, and the, complexi the growing complexity of channels. So if you think 
of like new technologies or not so new actually but like chatbots and augmented reality for example that um, sort of come as layers on top of existing you know it's not just one website anymore mm -hmm. um, so there are growing demands for um, becoming more efficient at managing all of those different outlets and been building a strategy for choosing you know where you want to publish what where it's more more relevant so relevance is a big driver for you yeah. were there kind of particular uh pain points that you you were trying to target um pain points uh, in pain points in terms of what um, in terms of for example uh metrics that you wanted to improve let's uh, just for example, customer satisfaction or accuracy or reduction in calls or um, improving top line uh, number of impressions, SEO, any kind of, or weak SEO that you wanted to make strong SEO, anything, anything really. Um, what were the, real, the motivators really, you know, what was getting people up off their chairs to do this? The motivator, the number one motivator was um, efficiency to start with um, okay. because, you know, as a baseline, if you if it, if you don't have an omni-channel strategy and you're not managing uh, the omni-channel experience, you end up with lots of duplicated efforts um, across teams. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was the main, um, the number one problem to solve, uh, which was more of an internal one. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't solved that problem, then it becomes very difficult to identify the pain points and and decide on actions, the customer pain points, and identify actions to uh, to solve those pain points. That's so, an interesting point. Um, I think we why well, often get customers talking about how there's no single view of the customer because there's no single strategy. Um, mm -hmm. If you're not speaking the same language and you're not coordinating, you can't describe the customer uh, holistically. So how can you look at holistic problems? Yeah, yeah, okay. and and we we've had experiences where you know, um, for example, uh, the support teams were complaining that they were getting lots of calls for um, a configuration problem, mm -hmm. um, but then it turned out that maybe that configuration problem was related to uh, information that um, could have been provided by um, consulting services, for example. Mm -hmm. So it as, as a billable service. Yeah, so uh, it's it's um, it, you have this sort of interdependencies uh, of problems, and so if you don't have that omni-channel strategy, um, the support team would be trying to solve their um, support call problem only from a support team point of view, mm -hmm. and it it probably wouldn't have been the best way to to resolve it. So that's interesting. So you take, for the customer's perspective, you could give them a better service and actually turn it into a revenue source as opposed to it being a cost and getting maybe not the best resolution for the customer. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in your experience, where, does an, uh, where in the organization does an anomaly channel initiative start? Is it any, who's, who's driving it from a hierarchical or departmental point of view? That's a very interesting or, or question. Or role point of view. <laughs> um, because you know, uh, being holistic in spirit, mm -hmm. um, 
the moment you try and fit it into one department, it takes the, it, it takes the lens of that department. So, mm. um, for example, if it lands in the marketing department, then it's the, the early phases of the journey that will get the more, you know, more focus. And then um, the post sales um, part of the journey will be overlooked. Um, but if you take it from um, a post-sales perspective, then you're missing out on the marketing side. So it's, it's uh, I don't know, maybe it needs its own, <laughs> it's, <laughs> its own um, department. Mm. So, uh, so you haven't seen one tendency one way or the other? Does it more I, often I, come from one? or? I said more um, uh, on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope is that um, it will ev- eventually, you know, it's fine if it's in marketing as long as it encompasses the, the, the whole experience and not just, you know, what happens before purchase. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, we, we feel that there's going to be more take up, for example, for, of the conference on the marketing side, although mm-hmm. we, of course, are welcoming of, and are encouraging a very cross-disciplinary audience. Um, we know that or we felt that that's, chances are that there's a lot of marketers who are going to be driving these things. Yeah. But you find, for example, in, um, in uh, social media strategies for technical support, they tend, they tend mm. to sort of cross over with the marketing strategies more and more. So maybe, you know, it's, it's going to evolve in that, in that direction quite easily. Yeah. Well, actually that leads us very well into our next, in the next question, which was, um, do you think that the motivators for omnichannel will change as the market matures? Um, it's probable, you know, I was saying, you know, you need that baseline of having an omnichannel strategy and, and bringing that alignment. So um, as more and more companies will have that baseline, I think the focus will grow on metrics and optimizing um, mm-hmm that experience rather than just making it uh, a reality. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. I think we're laying the groundwork. Uh, mm-hmm. they, it's, it's a, such a fundamental change. You know, we don't, we don't have the pipes in place. We don't have the scaffolding. So it's hard to, it's hard to optimize on, on what we have now, mm-hmm. which is almost in a way, nothing. um and so how do you feel what do you feel is the biggest challenge holding back organizations from delivering uh excellent excellent omni-channel experiences um i think teams are very busy delivering what they've got to deliver with Mm -hmm. with their own mandate Uh, and so it it takes additional effort to think okay you know i do digital asset management but it would be in my interest to team up with people that do other types of content um, because it, it would give a better experience and it would make my life easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but right now I think there's, um, um, you know, it's like that graphic with, um, there's a little cartoon where you see two guys trying to push um, a cart that has uh, square wheels. Mm-hmm. And another guy comes with uh, a round wheel and say, hey, look, I've invented this. And they're like, no, just don't bother us. We're busy. <laughs> I think it's something that's like great. that that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if you could find that cartoon. I would love, love to see it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never seen that. 
that's, that's really good. That's a really good one. I'll see if we can get permission to use that on the site. Um, yeah, I think the or organizationally in terms of governance and, and process, you see, so you see that as, as being a big one? Yeah, yeah. Well, just, you know, plain awareness that, you know, there are other groups out there doing things. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, um, because it, it, you need to hold back on delivery for for a bit and and look at the big picture. Um, mm. So I think that's that's the main uh, uh, the main problem and and a related problem is the management of metrics and data across mm. um, you know across the enterprise. Uh, and I think the data strategy is very much related to. Um, I mean, it's a similar problem. So if you want to have data analytics that makes sense, um, it's, um, it, it's like a chicken and egg thing. You know, you need the data to understand that there's a problem, but before mm -hmm. that you need to have the right um, data strategy in place. Yes, that, those are very dangerous, those chicken and, chicken and egg kind of loops. Mm -hmm. um, what I was just discussing with... Uh, with uh, a very large enterprise services organization, um, how we often talk to, to, to clients and they'll say, we want to be innovative and cutting edge, want to lead the market and you know, have a, a really uh, unique, differentiating, di holistic customer experience. And then we present potential solutions and they say, okay, well, we want to see somebody else who's done that first. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. let's say that again slowly. <laughs> Yeah, so in a, the, the, the pull between we do want to innovate, we do want to be market leading, but we want someone to show us a template and prove that it all works first. There's mm -hmm. a lot of like these loops that are difficult to get out. Um, and what about, uh, what about bringing in organizational change? Yeah, I think to me that's the toughest uh, challenge. Um, so it's about openness like, um, you know, in terms of mindset, it's about openness um, to different ways of seeing, you know, uh, understanding content and understanding um, customers as well. Um, because, you know, when you see a customer as a prospect, you don't, it's not the same when you see a customer mm. as a user. Um, and also, you know, the, even though there's a lot of talk about collaboration and design thinking and so on it, it it's quite a stretch for people to really move out of their comfort zones and 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 see the value of um reaching out um and being uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> any, any tips or recommendations in that area technique um, to tackle that to me it's um it's a change that needs to happen at various levels. So it's not always easy to, um, to manage it at all levels at the same time, but there's um, top level executive uh, change mm -hmm. or not to mean that they should be moved somewhere else, but that, um, you know, they need to change their mindset. Um, and, um, but also within teams like middle management and teams also, um, and all at the same time because if you if it if it's just top down it's not going to work if it's just bottom up it's not going to work it has to be a sort of a double attack um, right okay so two-pronged attack yeah two-pronged yes 
Thanks. Yes, two-pronged <laughs> attack. Okay, okay. That was actually anticipated one of our other top... We was going to ask you about top-down, bottom-up. bottom, bottom up. Um, And actually, I think very related as well is uh, the funding for these strategies. There's an inherent difficulty because um, organizations are often funded and resourced according to channel-based teams and KPIs. Yeah. So... You know, your budget is the marketing budget or the social media budget or the documentation budget mm -hmm. or the support budget. Um, so then there's a conflict between this and omni-channel improvements because, uh, uh, because of that. So how can, can channel-based teams resolve that uh, conflict so that strategies are able to develop? Mm. Um, I'm not sure I have an answer to that one. I think it very much relates to what we were talking about um, previously, um, where about where omnichannel strategy should sit in mm -hmm. the organization, and and that's also the question of the budget for it. Mm. Um, and so, as long as you know, there's a clear mandate that the scope is omnichannel and not just you know one department, then the budget should align to that. Right. Okay. So actually having an omni-channel initiative budget. Mm -hmm. Right. And you and you're able to pull that off and, and you're you're No, no. I think okay. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah, okay. So and it, that, yeah, there's a difference between I I'm a pragmatist. And so what I think in a period of change, we have to look at what would be the ideal and what can our people go home and realistically do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, in my recommendation these days is that you go and get some executive champion at a middle upper level who you can convince to take this mm -hmm. forward and, and, and give some budget to get you started. Yeah. And if you can expand out of your department, always have that in, in mind, but you, you know, you have to work within the reality of today's organizations. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's reflected in your experience as well? Yeah, same thing. Um, but I found that, you know, when people see that, that they have an interest in, mm -hmm. in sharing resources, um, they, you know, they will happily uh, help each other um, and not, not, you know, go, oh, well, but you have the budget and I don't. And mm -hmm. you know, how can we manage this? So there's a human aspect to that as well. <laughs> good. Okay, that's good that you've that you've seen it. I think that uh, a lot of people are kind of a bit doom and gloom about <laughs> interdepartmental collaboration. But I think I think our hands are being forced. I think okay. that uh, you know, as we say, the time has come yeah. that we have to do this now. So, um, what skill sets, skill set or skill sets, do you recommend those trying to drive an omnichannel strategy develop first? Mm. Um, I see two major skills. Mm -hmm. um, one is systems thinking, um, the ability to. Um, Can you define that term, systems thinking, for the the for ability to see that the not only the parts of something but their relations mm -hmm. um, and how things interconnect. Mm. Um, so, in a way, big picture thinking. Big, big picture thinking, but it's also, it's, it's not only that because it, it can't be just big picture. It also has to go into the details. So it's, okay. it's seeing the relations and being able to zoom in and out. Mm, um, of all the interdependencies from, and connections. Yeah, from global to detail. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's uh, one major skill. And the other one is um, the strategic 
mindset. So being able to um, to see, you know, from from one state of things where the whole system can go, and and impulsing a direction for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, you said there's another skill set. What would be the second? That, that priority? was the second one. First one is uh, system systems thinking, and second oh, right. one is um, str- strategic mindset. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Strategic mindset. It's a mind. It's a mindset more than a skill, but it it means you know being able to plan mm-hmm. and, and and identify actions. Hmm. Yeah. It's tra- the. I I always like to say that in content strategy, the emphasis is on the strategy, not the mm-hmm. content. Yeah. You know. So I I I'm I'm with you there. I see that as a. Uh, this is plugging into a larger business strategy and we have to have yeah. our content yeah. strategy mm-hmm. which is feeding in in the way that it needs to. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so Big Bang or incremental change? Um, you know, how, how do you feel about the ability to roll out in parallel on various fronts versus um, in a enterprise standards or let's say wide standards versus kind of making a small prototype and beachhead. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, incremental, definitely. I don't, okay. I don't expect a big bang and a, a standard to solve everything. Um, because, because it's very complex. Mm. Um, it's, um, it can only change, you know, very progressively and, you know, you make a change somewhere and it has implications somewhere else and it evolves. Uh, like that, but I wouldn't expect you, you know, like one magic solution to bring a big change. Unfortunately, mm. maybe. <laughs> yeah, this I, and I see this debate a lot. I, you know, I see a lot of people saying if it's not an executive or CEO down kind of thing, then nothing's going to happen. But at the same time. I've found that there's a there's a, a knowledge gap in the sense that the CEO may say a bunch of stuff, but there's only two percent of the company that understand the implications and can really do anything about yeah. it mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to the two pronged approach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So a bit of neither. So incremental change with with executive support. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I had just a couple of fun questions at the end. Um, uh, do you have any, any books or reading that you uh, recommend for aspiring omnichannel uh, strategists or aficionados? Um, I would say um, the, for the systems thinking part, mm-hmm. I would recommend The Fifth Discipline by Peter Sench. Mm-hmm. It's all about managing complexity and, and managing change in a, in complex systems oh great um and the other book that i um which is quite recent which is called designing connected content mm-hmm. um by Karen and mike atherton who will be uh, at the conference one of uh, our speakers I think yes. it's, really, it, it's really interesting because it brings this sort of the structure aspect of things um for, for managing an omni-channel strategy Okay, yes. The Designing Connected Content, uh, Carrie Hayne and Mike Atherton. Yes. So we're very pleased to have Mike. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've known Mike going back uh, many years, so we're delighted to have him signed up as one of our first speakers. 
Um, and uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that book. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we got a little bit of a, a fun one. Uh, this is like when you ask people to, on the spot to define the word irony. <laughs> what, what is your short definition of omnichannel? What does omnichannel actually mean? Omnichannel. Well, on all channels. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just omnichannel as an adjective. Well, in our in our business context, so yeah. how what what sets omnichannel apart from omnichannel from multi-channel or other types of initiatives? Um, and, and so we have terms like multi-channel, cross-channel, omnichannel, and um, channel agnostic. So where does omnichannel fit in? What is the, when you're talking about an omnichannel strategy or omnichannel experience, what does the omnichannel word add to the, add to the party? Um, it's not a fun question. It's a tricky one. I honestly, uh, I'm not sure, you know, what people mean by multi-channel and, uh, a channel agnostic or you know whatever channel um, mm -hmm. they probably mean the same thing or very different things um, so what I would uh, say about omnichannel um, if we pick that name it would be that it's the management of all of the um, you know we see channels as ways of interacting with customers so mm -hmm. that it's the management of all of the interaction points with customers um, probably only in the digital world but who knows that might also include um physical um, mm -hmm. means of interacting um so it's basically the the a global management of those interactions um instead of of um dividing it by um sort of a commercial type of interaction Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Great. So we have. Uh, we're going to ask lots of people, and I'm. Uh, we're going to get lots of different answers. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's. It's not fair. I get to come first. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I had to go first. Okay. <laughs> I, I. I had to. Go, I had to be the first one to jump off. So um, I. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, we're. I think that's the kind of the formal questions that I had. And so now we have a little bit of time left. I wanted to ask you. Um, uh, a little bit more about your uh, your projects you've been doing specifically at IBM, and I wanted to know if you have uh, been able to measure or quantify some of the impact. Um, what it, what sort of uh, how would you report back success? Mm. Uh, I have I remember there's, there was one um, measure of uh, of success that I think was. Uh, uh, is a clear achievement um, because as part of the omni-channel strategy we included uh, a metrics um, strategy um, mm -hmm. um, it, it did require a lot of work to bring in the metrics from the various departments and say okay can we correlate you know what you know your customer metrics and see what's going on where the pain points are and so on um, and there were some very interesting efforts that were made on the support side where um, basically we, we could correlate the use of content with the types of problems that customers had and the cost of resolving customer issues. So mm -hmm. 
being able to um, to draw conclusions on the cost of content reuse or non-reuse mm -hmm. was very uh, like uh, very interesting. I think that was a mm. major success. Great. Great, great, great. I think that's so, a lot of customers are, are asking for that. They want clients to be able to understand their pre-sales or post-sales. Mm -hmm. And I think, I'm assuming that's true for you too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of people can kind of think as support as a post-sales thing, but it's absolutely not, especially for a large, uh, complex purchase. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a lot of pre-sales queries. So you have call centers and chat as a, as a, as something that's relevant throughout the customer life cycle. Yeah. So you, you've been able to actually uh, result, make connections between improvements in content presentation and, and, and the strategy with the, your ability to resolve those customer problems. Uh, I don't think we went that far. I think we were able to identify the, um, the pain points and the areas that needed improvement, but we still need to sort of have, have this run through time mm -hmm. and measure the impact. Mm -hmm. okay. so I think that like the uh, achievement was reaching the baseline where we can actually measure and optimize. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So now you have the ability to measure and optimize yeah. whereas before you did not. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's again, we're laying the groundwork here. And I think that, I think it's reassuring for a lot of companies that a company, even as, as far ahead of the field as, as IBM, is, is still in that position um, mm -hmm. and also helps me when I say, no, no one has done it all yet. <laughs> <laughs> there is no perfect example you can look to and just replicate. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you have, um, I wouldn't expect to find a full-scale example of something that works right now, but maybe mm -hmm. small initiatives that, um, you know, that are successful and then, that you can build up from. Brilliant. Okay. So uh, I think that's, that's about it for now. Uh, I, I really hope that we'll get to see each other in person at the conference. Uh, I want to thank you again. Thank you. For, for talking to me today and, uh, and sharing your experience with our, with our audience. Um, and I invite everybody to, to check out the site where our uh, call for speakers is opening soon, or it should be actually open by the time that you, you, you see this. And uh, hopefully registrations uh, will, be, will be open as well. And uh, come back for more. Tell your friends. Thank you very much. Thank Bye, you, everybody. Guys. Cheers. Bye.